This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You know why? Because I went nine and five for the second straight week. Overall, that's three straight winning weeks, thus the title of the show. Yeah. What, no confetti? Let's work on that. Confetti or not, here we come. We've got a great show coming up, and I really do mean that. You know, SoFi Stadium has been a paradise for visiting fans, but that's about to change with a little help from yours truly in this week's edition of Wager Rager. We've got Brother Bry from the Against All Odds podcast, joining us in the handicapping hot seat. And then former New York Jets general manager Mike Tannenbaum is going to join us. He's got some interesting thoughts on whether Bill Belichick will continue on as New England's head coach or if he'll move on to become the next Golden Bachelor. That seems like a pretty easy choice. But before any of that, let's recap that AFC West mismatch between Denver Broncos and Kansas City Chiefs last night in something that's favored to win rookie television segment of the year. It's cover four. Cover one. All right, the cover one deals with the cover itself. Last night, Kansas City won a snoozer 19-8, and let's start with the Chiefs' MVP, Harrison Butker. MVP, MVP. Yes, that's right. With a name like that, he could have been a linebacker, but I'm glad he decided to kick because I wouldn't have covered the 10.5 otherwise. Four for four from field goal range. He hit from 35, 25, 52, and that 60-yard field goal attempt is still rising. You know, they just spotted it knocking over a rooftop party waiter at a barbecue joint in downtown Kansas City. Thank you, Captain Cover, Harrison Butker. Your name is weird, but your leg is glorious. Cover two. All right, the Broncos are now one in five, and let's be honest, we've seen UFO home videos that have shown more signs of life than that collection of ne'er-do-wells Denver trots out every week. It's amazing. The Broncos mortgaged their future for Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, and now they're going to spend the next decade trying to refinance. This is nothing short of a mile-high disaster. Sean Payton was a roughing-the-passer call away from being shut out for the first time in his career. Russell Wilson ended up with, what, 95 yards passing? That guy hasn't smiled once since those Danger Witch Subway commercials. These two were locks for Canton, and now the closest they may get is playing in the preseason Hall of Fame game. It's such an embarrassment. If they made a movie about it, I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be able to get someone to play Sean Payton. That Kevin James meme is going to haunt us long past Halloween, isn't it? Cover three. Okay, Travis Kelsey had another big game last night. Nine receptions, 124 yards, one handsome jawline. But I've noticed something over the past few weeks. More people have been betting on Kelsey to score a touchdown since he was romantically linked to Taylor Swift. Yes, throngs of fans, some of whom I once considered smart, actually believe that the queen of pop made Travis Kelsey good at football. I know this is blasphemous, and I hate to break it to the Swifties, but if Travis Kelsey scores, it's because he's great, not because he's dating Taylor Swift. Travis Kelsey has 75 career touchdowns, fifth all-time by a tight end. He scored when he was single. He scored when he was featured on Catching Kelsey. He scored last year when he was swiping right on Tinder. 
I'm not doubting the power of T-Swizzle, but I'm also not buying this, just like I wasn't buying investment tips from Mark Davis. Here's what I would like to see, and this is how we'll know for sure if this is an actual thing. Let's see Tater Tot test out her mystical powers on a player who could actually use the help. Pick someone random. I'll start. Noah Gray, he's the backup tight end for the Chiefs. He has three career touchdowns. If Miss Americana can turn him into a scoring machine, then I'm sold. Until then, let's keep our fingers crossed for Tay-Tay Gray. <laughs> Sounds like the name of a contestant on Love is Blind. All right, that's enough Taylor Swift stuff. Cover four. Okay, I lied. One more thing about Taylor Swift. If you're going to cut away to her after all the positive plays, you also have to show her after the bad ones. It's in the television Bible. Distressed subjects on the small screen, focusing on the downtrodden. You know what I'm talking about. Back in the day, there was nothing better than Simon Cowell telling American Idol contestants they suck. <laughs> or watching college kids sob after their school star missed a game-winning layup. <laughs> they have no problems cutting to Jerry Jones when Dak throws his third interception. <laughs> I don't even know why I brought that up. Anyway, we have to keep it fair. That's the point. The next time a Chiefs receiver lets a pass go through their hands, I want the cameras to cut to Taylor for a huge eye roll. That's right. Give them some bad blood. All right, now we're done with the snail tail. I just made up a nickname. Free concert tickets for life, guys. Yeah. All right, that does it for cover four. Hey, you may remember last week, I did a whole thing about how the NFL needs to stop penalizing for taunting. One of the many things I'm right about when it comes to changing sports. Anyway, at the end of the rant, I urged you to bet Buffalo Bills wide receiver Stefan Diggs to score an anytime touchdown against the Jags which I was also very, very right about. For hooray for me, right? Yeah, thank you. Let's keep the uncensored gambling celebrations going. As you know, there are some bets where you spend hours crunching the numbers and analyzing data and looking for an edge. Well, you're not going to get any of that here. Settle in for my weekly attempt at a comedic and irrationally angry look at a bet that I'm backing. It's time for Wager Wager. <laughs> All right, this Monday night, my beloved and beleaguered and maybe even bedazzled Dallas Cowboys travel to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. And just like all the games played at SoFi Stadium, I expect it's going to be an absolute takeover from the opposing team's fans. Yes, this season, the 49ers turned SoFi into Levi South. <laughs> Last week, Eagles fans made it so Philly. Gross. <laughs> and this week, it won't be any different. In fact, America's fans will make this phenomenon much more noticeable. Yeah, buckle in. There's going to be a flood of Micah Parsons jerseys running through Inglewood. SoFi is going to have so many Cowboys fans, the joint is going to look like a Dave and Buster's in Arlington. And I know this visiting team is really the home team thing isn't really an original observation, but we've become so used to this betrayal that we sometimes overlook how this must make the Chargers and Rams players feel. No one is rooting for them in their own stadium. Imagine if Austin Eckler came home and saw his wife feeding another husband and their family while their kids applauded at the top of their lungs. <laughs> It's a very sad thought. Yeah, the Chargers have as much of a home field advantage as a Burmese cat in a dog park. <laughs> and the people at SoFi are well aware of the inequality. The Rams and Chargers have gone on the offensive to protect their house. They pumped terrible music to drown out the crowd cheering for the out-of-towners. I've heard it with my own abused ears. They don't stop there either. Earlier in the season, they put robots in the stadium and dressed them in Chargers gear. That is an actual headline. I'm not making this up. And I think I figured out the problem. Well, it's two things. LA fans are fickle and Chargers paraphernalia is too expensive. Take a look at this Luis Castillo jersey I found on eBay. $3,600. Okay, that's just a delusional opportunist on eBay, but that's not the problem. So what is the solution? How do we turn SoFi Stadium back into La La Land? Well, luckily, I have some ideas. First, appeal to LA's sense of stardom. Out here, IMDB ratings are more important than credit ratings. So put up billboards telling locals if they attend the game in a Chargers uniform, they'll get work as extras in the next episode of The Mandalorian. In other words, lie a little. If that doesn't work, move on from the t-shirt and Cameron Dicker bobblehead giveaways 
and start dishing out something Los Angelinos could really use. Free Botox. Mm. And if that doesn't work, well, let's make the stadium less appealing to out-of-towners. That's the real issue, right? LA is a great vacation destination for tourists. It's the same reason why the Fargo Force have 100% locals at their games. But SoFi is a $5.5 billion venue in Hollywood. It should be able to produce a fake earthquake and a zombie apocalypse to scare away the wrongly costumed football junkies. The truth is none of these things are going to happen by Monday night. So I might as well take advantage of this mess by taking my talents to the FanDuel app. Yes, that's right. The Cowboys contingent is going to be super loud. Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert will be super rattled. And I'm going to have a super time cashing my Justin Herbert to throw an interception bet. He had one against the Raiders last game and it's about to get much worse against Big D. Whose house is it? Hopefully mine, a brand new one in the Palisades. And I'm throwing a big bash. You're all invited if you bring your Cowboys gear. That's how it works. Hey, we have a great show for you. I chatted with former NFL GM Mike Tannenbaum. That's later on. And when we return, I'll go over all the big pro and college games in this weekend's slate with my good pal, Brother Bry. He's in the handicapper hot seat. We'll be back with more on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Yes, we had a few consecutive winning weekends with our prognostications and here to help keep it rolling. You know him from our Against All Odds podcast as a member of the D3. He also played D3 football. Yes, the brother Bry Sicoli. What's happening, pal? What's going on, buddy? Bry, I love this. Our, produ- our producers are telling me right now that you brought a clip from your playing days. Now, we didn't ask for one, and this certainly no. wasn't necessary, but let's, I, I want to see this anyway. Is there, is there any setting up you need to do? There you are. You're circled, right? Yes, Look I'm circled. Oh. This is, uh, yeah, this is senior year of high school. Wow, and, Pancake, here and, you are in motion, right? Yeah, here I'm in motion. Yep, coming in motion. They, this was a game they kind of used me all over the place, and yeah, I just leveled the little kid that kid was a really small outside linebacker but oh give yourself yeah. credit you, you should yeah. say that went on to be uh troy palomalu or something like that nobody's gonna look it up <laughs> if you, you look right. if you look closely number 33 yeah. was uh roy johnson from from bs high too. is that you true look, look wow closely. yes the fullback wow player. so he was on a football field once. yes it he wasn't was. All, that, wasn't that was true BS that was BS true high. okay <laughs> jg high was not BS high. All right, Brian, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go over these. Now, we can't screw this up. I have two weeks consecutive mm. at nine and five and 10 and five. We got to get you in a winning zone here. All right. Can you do it? Do they call it a winning zone? I don't even know. I'm going to try. Okay. Gonna here try. we go. I'm, I'm confident. I kind of, you know, at first I didn't like these as much. I'm feeling better about them now. All right. We got this, Brian. Let's start with Baltimore at Tennessee. Technically, the game is in London. All oh, these London games, they kill me. I, we wake up at four in the morning. You know that's on that? You would love it because you never go to sleep. So you would love it on the West Coast. I'm asleep. Nope. Oh, you are? Asleep. You're asleep. Okay. Uh, <laughs> wake up for this one. It's going to be good. Baltimore laying four. 41 and a half is the over under. The Ravens had an inexplicable loss. At Pittsburgh, I live bet it. I loved it. I, I, I figured they were ahead 24-3. Nope, I looked up. It was only 10-3. Uh, teams just can't put the Steelers away. I don't know what it is. Um, they've gone under the Ravens in 15 of their last 19, and the Titans have gone under in eight of their last nine. It would make sense that I would take the under here, but I don't trust these London games. There's always a foolish touchdown by the defense or special teams or something. So I'm not going to go under. I'm going to go the Titans plus Four, I like the chemistry between Tannehill and Hopkins. 140 yards last week. They'll put up enough points to keep this close. Titans, 9-1 and one against the number in their last 10 games played in October. Vrabel, invigorated by pumpkin spice or something. I don't know what it is, uh, Bri, but 9-1 and one against the spread in October. I like the Titans getting the points in a winnable game, I think. 
Yeah, look, I like the Titans two plus four. I, I think the spread is a point too high. We still may be overrating the Ravens just a little bit here. They have not played well. And in two of their last three games, that one win, right? That one win came against Dorian Thompson Robinson. So outside of the Bengals game, we have yet to see Lamar and this offense fully click. The Titans, on the other hand, have done a good job of playing well after a loss. Look, they bounced back against the Chargers and the Bengals in weeks two and four. Last week, a fourth and one cost this team against the Colts. They will say the one thing they can't do is fall behind two scores. That's the Titans killer here, but I think they keep this really close. And I think this game is 20 to 17. Yeah. Wow. I have 21, 17. I should have said yeah. that. I have it. I have it the other way though. I have it. Uh, the Titans winning or either way I have the Titans winning. Yeah. I, I don't know if the AFC North is as good as we had thought previously, right? The Ravens no. find ways to blow games yeah. or barely win. the Steelers quarterback is nonsense, garbage Browns Watson, who knows if he'll ever play again. And uh, Joe Burrow, week to week. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Now, another team in the AFC North, the Cleveland Browns hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Eight and a half is the spread. 37 and a half is the over-under. I so wanted to take the Browns here, Brian. Great spot with the 49ers coming off the big primetime win. They go on the road to potentially rainy Cleveland. Seems like they'd get tripped up only if the Browns had their $230 million quarterback suiting up, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I don't know. The line indicates that it's not going to happen, but I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to take the 49ers under 23 and a half team points. Um, you know, same reasoning up against a very tough Browns defense, number one by 60 something yards per game. It's really something else. Number one pass defense. So maybe, maybe we see Purdy make a mistake. It seems impossible. Uh, Jim Schwartz defense is ready for this one. Should be a 17-13 final. I like it way under and under for the 49ers team points. Yeah, look, that one just scares me a little bit because the the Browns offense could just put them in a bad spot that defense here but look I, I think the eight and a half line look obviously Watson isn't playing based off the eight and a half line and how much is Watson worth didn't this line start at like 230 million <laughs> oh I see what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, without Watson in this game how do they muster up enough points unless the defense can force turnovers the 49ers are four and one against the spread with the exception of that McVay cover game right they would be five and zero oh against the spread yeah. Purdy and McCaffrey in this lineup are just pretty much unstoppable when the two of them are both playing here I don't see how the Browns can keep this close enough. I don't know how they score points. And I will say, so I like San Francisco minus eight and a half, but I'm also going to put money on the Browns to be the lowest scoring team this Sunday wow. at plus 750 for them to be. And it's going to be bad weather too. So yeah. plus 750 is not bad if Watson's not playing. All right. Well, we'll check it out. That's going to be interesting. Yeah. I guess what Watson is worth is at least five points, right? Because I think I it opened at three and a half and is now eight and a half. Probably go up once they make it official Crazy. that he's sitting. Uh, all right. Minnesota at Chicago. This one went up. Minnesota minus three. The over under is 43 and a half. The trend's are so against my pick here. Chicago has been just out, downright gross in the division. Five, 19 and one against the spread versus the Lions, the Packers and the Vikings, but I'm taking them. I'm taking them plus the three points, Brian. I like that this moved a little. Look, I had high hopes for the Vikings team, but they fell apart even before Justin Jefferson got injured. Now Addison's banged up. He'll probably play, but that offense revolves around an unsure of himself, Kirk Cousins and uh, Alexander Madison. Really, you know, bottom third running game right now. And K.J. Osborne, Bears defense has been rough, but they showed some life last week. You have to like that D.J. Moore has woken up three touchdowns last week. Two unimpressive teams. I'm going to go 26-23, Bears in an upset. Yeah, look, I know you love this line getting to three. I hate this line getting to three because I do like the Vikings. And look, the Vikings aren't, aren't good. And this may be one of those years they just lose a lot of close games, but I still have a hard time of backing the Bears. Can they play well? In back-to-back -back games here, I mean, you know, sure they played well late in that in that Broncos game. They played well against the Commanders, but they are still two ten and one against the spread in their last thirteen games. Mm. You know, the Vikings coming off a tough lo loss to the Chiefs at home. Bears coming off that dominant win on the road. The Vikings have dominated this series the last two seasons, and they've won there in Chicago three straight games. So even without Jefferson, I think they have on, enough on offense to cover. But uh, you know, I hate this game in general. I don't want to watch it, though. I don't no, you don't it. have to watch it. Maybe they'll switch this to London and you won't have to be up for it. Um, I also like fields. I have written over 52.4 yards, but that's probably 52.5. Probably I screwed that up. That's hit 11 <laughs> out of the last 17. So I like him to uh, those are rushing yards. All right. Jacksonville home, actually home for Indianapolis. Four and a half point spread. Forty four and a half is the over under. They return 
from London after a two-week stretch. It would be funny if Trevor Lawrence started speaking in a British accent, right? Like Madonna did in the 90s. I'd like to see that. I want to see him interviewed before the game. I'm taking Jacksonville minus four and a half. I think this is one of my better bets here or ones I'm more comfortable with. They may have just caught Buffalo in a bad spot. They moved the ball against the Bills. Offense starting to come together. Lawrence, 315 yards passes. Etienne, 136 on the ground. Ridley, 122 receiving. They forced 11 turnovers. That's second in the league, and I think that that's a good sign of things to come versus Gardner Minshew. Get, get it right versus Gardner Minshew. If you're the team to beat in the AFC South, Jacksonville, you got to do it this week. 29-14. I like this. I don't know how Minshew has completed 69% of his passes, but he's Gardner Minshew. So 29-14, Jacksonville. Yeah, look, so I'm going to take Indy plus four and a half here. And I will say Jacksonville was really impressive last week. They've been impressive the last two weeks. The only problem is sometimes... Lawrence is, you know, he, he likes to fumble the ball a little bit, which could put them in a tough spot. But I'm going to say coming off two big wins in London, it's going to be a little exhausting for this Jaguars team, going to be a little bit hard for them to get up for it. And look, the, this Colts to me, this Colts team has been the surprise team of the year for me. I thought they were going to be terrible, uh, but Steichen has, has gotten these guys ready each and every week. They honestly could have won every week so far, and they certainly should have covered in week one against the Jaguars. Minshew is pretty much the perfect backup to have for any type of team. I don't know why he's not on everyone's roster, right? Um, but I think they keep this within a field goal here. There's always a wacky game, right, between the Colts and the, and the Jaguars here. Yeah. I, I think I think this is another close one. Could we see, we saw Zach Moss explode for the Colts like hours after it was announced that Jonathan Taylor signed the deal. Could we see that weird owner trying something with the contract? Like, yeah, it didn't go through or I didn't sign or my, you know, was, uh, my executive assistant signed. It wasn't me. Sorry, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor. You're out of luck. Don't be surprised. Look out for that. All right. Uh, New Orleans, one and a half point favorite at Houston. These Texans are a gutty team, Bri. Could get to 500 with a home win against the St. Stroud. Seven touchdowns. Uh, no interceptions, almost 1,500 yards passing, even odds now to win the offensive rookie of the year. New Orleans, three and two, a weird team blown out by Tampa Bay. They rolled the Pats last week. I am taking New Orleans, though, here to cover that small number, one and a half. They're a different team with Alvin Kamara, who's played in just two games because of the suspension, but has 181 yards and a touchdown in those games. 50 touches in the first two games back. Also, Texans secondary made Desmond Ritter look like a top-tier quarterback, and that is not a good sign. They're 30th in pass defense, 30th in rush defense. 30-22 Saints is my pick. Ooh, yeah. You like I, I will say you you like the Saints. It almost is like everybody in the media likes the Saints. That's why I kind of oh. like Houston a little well, bit. I don't here. count myself in the media, but yeah, go <laughs> Houston has been playing really well, right? They were right in the in that game against the Falcons last week. I know the Raider Raider thing was a little bit a little bit scary for this defense, but I think this game comes down to Stroud versus Carr. And look, Stroud's been much better. Carr just continues to be inconsistent, although I know he's still a little bit hurt. But look, only 400 yards passing in his last two and a half games, maybe a little bit more. So I think maybe Carr late in this game, which typically happens, struggles a little bit. Maybe a bad turnover leads to a close Houston cover and win. You're a Raiders fan. You hate Carr. You have to say that. You have to say <laughs> yeah, that. even as a Raider fan, I never really liked him. <laughs> I, so. took the, I have the Saints to win the division. They're plus 155 now, which is not a great number, but I do like the uh, result there. All right, Cincinnati at home. What is it? Two and a half versus Seattle. It was three earlier in the day. Moved to two and a half. Of course, Fandle's going to do this to us. This is four weeks in a row. They've been either two and a half or three. They're like, we can't figure out the Bengals. You try to figure them out. Um, you know, Seattle tripped up week one against the Rams 3-0 and since they had last week off. Cincinnati has fought back to 2-3. and Jamar Chase swore he was open, and he was last week. 15 receptions, 192 yards. I'm going to take Seattle here. I really am. Because let's keep in mind, you should not base anything off a win over the Cardinals, and that's what the Bengals did, basically. So I'm not going to conclude that they're back. Right now, Geno and the Seahawks are better, and that week off should help. They're 3-0 and straight up and against the spread since dropping that opener that I talked about. 14-4-2 and against the spread as a road dog in October, going back to 2008. Perfect Pete Carroll spot for an upset, 26-21 Seahawks. I think we finally agree. Yeah, we finally agree. It's been it's been a while here. So one of us is either either going to be really good, really bad, or we're both going to be yeah, split. We yeah, know we're going to go five hundred here. Um, so look, I have to take Seattle here too. Uh, look, sure, Burrow was looked back to. He did look back to normal against the Cardinals. I will say that. But this team has just been too. Like, 
Jekyll and Hyde, right? Too inconsistent for me. Even against the Cardinals, right? That was a game that the Cardinals were Cardinals were in that game. Cardinals, I mean, no, I know the score didn't show it, but Cardinals certainly could have won that game. Yeah. Now, if the Bengals win and cover this week, maybe you have to start thinking this is the same thing as last year. But like you said, Seahawks, 2-0 against the spread on the road. Road, they're coming off a bye. They may, they may not get 10, 11 sacks like, like they did against the Giants, against the Bengals, but they're going to get a lot of pressure on Burrow. I think the Seahawks right now are the third or fourth best team in the NFC. And I, I'd be much more comfortable taking the points right now. That's one thing we haven't seen, the gigantic Joe Burrow sack game where the offensive line just uh, says, oh, lay, we're going to take this week yep. off. And he gets put down seven times. All right, your team. Boy, Brian, minus two and a half versus New England. This one dropped a point. It was mm. three and a half. There's money coming in on the Patriots other than mine. I don't understand <laughs> it. Coming off a big win Monday night, Vegas. Uh, you're a Raiders fan since the Bo Jackson days. You were losing your mind Monday night. You're calling this team a playoff team. You said Josh McDaniels was a genius. I was like, calm down. Uh, McDaniels, obviously, uh, mentor is, was Bill Belichick, who is not as cheery. His team has been outscored 72-3 to three over the last two weeks. I'm going to take the Patriots, though, nonetheless. I hate starting the analysis with enough is enough. Bill Belichick will get his team back on track. Enough might not be enough, but I think enough is enough because your team hardly ever plays two good games in a row. No, and because do. I think the happy hoodie holds a bigger grudge and Massachusetts finest will be on hand in this game. The Raiders don't seem to have a home field advantage at all, much like what I went off of on uh, SoFi. Anyway, three and a half, two rich pats. Our last with 11 points a game. Raiders right there, though, Brian, 28th with 15 points a game. 21-20 final. I like getting the points here. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a right score. Look, if you got the Patriots at plus three and a half, uh, good for you. Look, this is a rematch of maybe the craziest game of the season last year, right? When yeah. Jacoby Myers basically gave the Raiders the win. I could totally see Myers just handing the ball to the defense in this one to make up for it. <laughs> um, but I will say I've been surprised how well the Raiders' defense has played the last two weeks. It's still mostly Crosby making the plays, but they have been much better. But again, they're another team. Like you said, they just can't be consistent week to week. These teams are too similar. The coaches know, know each other so well. Belichick has been awful two weeks in a row. I can't imagine he's going to get embarrassed <laughs> by McDaniels here. So I'm taking New England with the points. Brian never speaks more confidently than when he's picking against his own team. Hey, stick around. We're not done giving picks. I don't think I'll ever be done. Cowboys, Chargers, Oregon, Washington, Notre Dame, USC, and much, much more when Brother Brian and I return on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. If you're looking for plump lips at last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all gel fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit www.juvederm.com. All right, we're back with Brother Brian of the D3. He brought a clip earlier of his football playing days. Brian, do you have a clip of you losing your mind after your car got repossessed two Christmas Eves in a row? Oh, man, I, I wish I did. You've never heard me so mad. I was screaming. <laughs> I felt so bad after it because I was screaming at some female for about two and a half hours. Oh, really? Straight. Oh, yeah. well, that, that I've never, know, I've never that. been so yeah. enraged. I've yeah. You should have put your, your Jersey on just started pancaking people <laughs> in the street. I think that's a, uh, that's a way to do it. Uh, all right. Listen, we uh, gave out seven winners. We're going to give you seven more here still in the pros. Where are we? Here we go. Detroit minus three at Tampa Bay. 42 and a half is the over under Detroit has been excellent. They dropped the game versus Seattle in week two. But other than that, Really, really good. Tampa, big surprise, 3-1, both outright and against the spread. Bucks coming off their bye week after breezing by New Orleans 26-9. They get beat up by the Eagles a couple of weeks ago, mainly because they're not as good. I'm still going to take the Bucks here, 
plus three. Their defense has been very solid. Uh, top eight, Todd Bowles' team has allowed 17 points a game, and I think it'll be that kind of game. Field temperatures could be close to 90, 95 degrees. That rested defense, very, very good. Vita Vea, uh, Devin White, Levante, David, only 27%, Bri, I'm going to read this, of the red zone incursions against Tampa Bay's defense have resulted in touchdowns. 2017, Baker pulls off the upset. Yeah, I'm going against you here. I'm going to say Detroit minus three. Look, Tampa has been a nice surprise this season, but I'm still not sure how good they are. I could see them going on a losing streak at some point in time. Defensively, though, they have been legit. But look, this Detroit team, I think, is for real. They're they're really well coached. Goff continues to impress. All signs point to St. Brown being back this week. So ton of skill all over the field to pair with this really good offensive line for the Lions. I don't think the Bucs, it's just one of those games. I don't think the Bucs are going to be able to keep pace with this offense. So give me Detroit minus three. All right, win or lose uh, right now. Well, this will change win or lose, but they're minus 400 Detroit to win that division. I think that's as steady as anything. I think oh, yeah. only the Chiefs are higher at like minus Oh, 600. yeah, let's parlay it. Yeah, parlay see, it. you know what's on my mind. All right, <laughs> Buffalo, 14 and a half point favorites. Wow, versus the Giants, 44 and a half is the over under. Uh, this Giants team is done. Their $160 million quarterback is banged up. He might be done. It doesn't really matter if he comes back uh, in terms of if they can make the playoffs or not. I think they're going to be one in five after this week. They've lost five of their last six the Giants have by 18 or more points. And the Bills are mad. I'd be very surprised if they didn't get back on track. I'm taking a teaser. I'm going to tease it down from 14 and a half to eight and a half and then go over 30 and a half. I don't even know if I need to tease it down. I know the Bills were sleepy last week. They lost some defensive players. Tredavious uh, White is gone two weeks ago. Milano is gone last week. That's why Ty Taylor should put up some points. They almost backdoored it against the Dolphins. I don't want a repeat of that, potentially. I'm teasing the number to eight and a half, and so I don't have to worry about it going over 38 and a half. I'm going to say 27-14 final. Oh, I like that. 27-14 is perfect because I have the Giants plus 14 and a half. Now, right. look, can you believe the Giants are playing their fourth primetime game and we are only up to week six? Mm. And so, so far, they have been outscored in primetime 94 to 15 in those three games. So, like, what what am I doing here? What am I? Why am I doing this? Uh, look, I, it's based on Dable, right? He's going against his old team. I would think he'll be able to devise a, a game plan. You know, they run basically the same stuff. He'll be able to devise a game plan to keep this close. And look, it's likely Tyrod Taylor is going to play, which would be against his former squad too. And this offense can't be any worse, right? So, I think the Bills are one of these. It's they're in one of these positions. They just want to get out of this game healthy, right? Take an early lead. And then just get out of this game healthy. I think the Giants hang around enough and get a backdoor cover late. So I, I, I do like your score a lot, So It's so weird how the game changes from week to week, right? So the Bills or this preseason, they were their over-under was 10 and a half. Not that this is a change at all. In fact, it goes against everything I just set up. Their over-under is still 10 and a half. They beat the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago. They were on top of the world. Yeah. And everyone's like, eh, still 10 and a half. And you know what? Second place behind Miami in the division, plus 135. So very strange. And not a lot, a lot of love going the Bills way. All right, Dallas. Oh, boy. Do we have to do this? Yes, Cowboys that's... two and a half point favorite at the Chargers. I had a lot to say about this earlier. Two straight road games in primetime for the Cowboys. Or is it, Bry? Going to be a lot of Cowboys fans. Going to basically be Jerry World on Monday night. Uh, I'm taking the Cowboys minus two and a half i'm surprised it's not a little higher i'm trying to put all my biases aside but it's a rare instance where we have the coaching advantage cowboys 10 and 1 against the number after a loss since the start of 2021 eckler's back for la kellen moore revenge factor i think is canceled out by staley's inconsistencies like i said coaching advantage dallas a little bit chargers boast the 31st ranked defense in the league if that can't get it right monday night there may not be any hope but i say there is hope 26 20 i'll say cowboys win yeah look i like the i like that score and i like i love the cowboys here minus two and a half this is clearly the game of the week and we dream of games right but we all i would always prefer to see the cowboys and the chargers play right because they're so similar and entertaining mm -hmm. right in good and bad ways but i really like the cowboys here I will say hate them or hate them. The Cowboys have really bounced back after losses under McCarthy, right? Many times in dominating fashion. I will give McCarthy credit there because it seems like after bad losses, they come back and just dominate teams. This stadium is going to be like 95% Cowboys fan. Herbert's going to have trouble hear, hearing, I'm sure, the, the play calls coming in here. And I will say the Chargers have been lucky to win their last two games, right? They, they really... 
they they were lucky to get by the last two. So I think yep. the Cowboys defense is going to give the Chargers offense problems. Chargers may hang around, but I have the Cowboys to win by a touchdown. All right, we'll take it. By anything, anything more than uh, two and a half is a winner. All right, let's go to the college ranks. Washington, two and a half point favorite over Oregon. The over under 67 and a half. I should be exempt from this game, too, because my son attends the university. Yep. You know, on Inside the NFL, Brian, remember Phil Sims wouldn't have to pick a game that he was calling. So I feel like Archie's traveling to Washington, not <laughs> playing just to watch, but I should sit it out. But I'm going to take it anyway. Good game, Bo Nix against Penix uh, should be a, a fun one. I'm staying away from the side and taking the under 67 and a half. I'm impressed with this Oregon defense. First of all, the unders hitting five of the last six Oregon games, eight of the last 12 Ducks games. If you want to go back that far, Washington three to three and two to the under Dan Lanning, a defensive specialist at Georgia has turned this into a top 10 defensive team. They gave up 11 points a game. Or this year, they gave up 11.8 points a game. Last year, 27 points a game. That's the biggest discrepancy in football. Uh, Washington's defense, not bad either. Penix put up 31 against Arizona, but it was a struggle to get there. So I'm going to go under 67 and a half. People might be bored with this, but I think it's like a 27-22 game. Boring. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but I said one of my favorite, I do love Washington minus two and a half. And one of my favorite bets in college football is backing the Pac-12 teams at home in yeah. conference games, at least for the top seven or eight teams in that conference. But I think it was a good wake-up call for Washington in their last game against Arizona right before the bye. You know, the fact that that was a close game. But Washington has still won 12 straight games, which includes a big win at Oregon last year. And I will, I know you could say Oregon this year is 5-0 and against the spread. But in their one tough road game, I will say that, because I had Oregon that game too, they were lucky to, or at least as a money line favorite, they were lucky to sneak past Texas Tech, who was up 27-18 in the fourth yeah. quarter. I think the crowd is going to be great here. I disagree with you a little bit because I have the score, uh, Washington 38-31. So oh, just I, oh, I have wow. a just over. Just All right. Oregon uh, has won 15 in the last 18 against Washington. But, yeah, on the road could be a different story. All right, this is a fun one. Carolina against Miami. UNC minus three and a half. This Miami team was foolish. Foolish, Bry, last week. The Worst. U was the PU. They had the game one versus Georgia Tech. 33 seconds left. All they have to do is kneel. Mario Cristobal, what are you doing? He runs a play. The kid fumbles. Next play, pass, touchdown. Georgia Tech wins. Otherwise, these teams are both undefeated going into this game. And I think this number would have been a little lower. I think it would have been about two and a half or three. But as it is now, I'm taking three and a half and I'm getting Miami at that rich number. So that's what I'm going to do. I mean, imagine, imagine with 33 seconds left, just doing that. That'd be like Michael Meatballs taking the battery out of the camera as I'm saying goodbye in this show. It's not smart. Uh, might not be smart taking the three and a half there. Drake May is going to have to hand off a little bit. I think we're going to get some weather out in Carolina. And Miami 11th defensively have not allowed a 100-yard rusher. So that's in Miami's favor. Tyler Van Dyke, 24 for 26. He had three interceptions last week, five turnovers. But I think he steps it up. They cut down on the penalties. They cut down on the turnovers. May doesn't have a great game. I know I'm assuming a lot. Mac Brown goes down 28-23. Well, you look, you are assuming a lot. And I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe you are backing Cristobal after we just what we just witnessed, right? And He's we and they were us. terrible last year. We saw this stuff at Oregon. We saw the same similar. We saw that one Stanford game I remember a long time ago too. But I'm taking USC minus UNC minus three and a half here. I, I think if the Tar Heels get an, out to an early lead, Miami might just go off the rails. And like UNC, Mac Brown has had their number right. The Miami UNC has won four straight against Miami. Yeah, you could say three of those four were by only three points, which would put you. Uh, within the three and a half here, but I think this could be Mac Brown's best team. Drake May has looked really sharp of late, and their defense has been much better than I expected coming into the season. So I'm going to say, yeah, weather could be a little bit of factor here, but I'm going to say UNC covers, and you are going to continue. I, I, I guarantee <laughs> I'm going to get some bad texts from you about Cristobal later in oh, the day. Probably, I might send them anyway, even if they win. But <laughs> I, I, I take, I think you're just kissing Tate Frazier's ass here. I no, really no, this UNC stuff. No. You can get nice numbers on both these teams to knock FSU from the top of the a ACC and win that championship game. UNC five to one, Miami thirteen to one on Fanduel. So take a look uh, at that. All right, Notre Dame versus USC. The Fighting Irish are a two and a half point favorite. 
Uh, I picked Notre Dame on our Against All Odds podcast, but both teams have been so miserable. Notre Dame, great start to the season, demolished teams to the tune of 184 to 47, then started playing some real squads. Actually, this is their fourth game in a row against an undefeated team. They've lost two of their last three to Louisville and Ohio State. Sam Hartman threw three picks, but I think that turns around on Saturday. I'm taking Sam Hartman over 264 and a half interceptions. No, passing yards. No, not interceptions. <laughs> he did this in his first two games. He hasn't since, but he's capable, especially against this USC defense. 28 to San Jose State, 28 to ASU. Colorado just about came back and won that game. And then that wild overtime high-scoring game against Arizona. He gets right against the secondary, which is 10th in the Pac-12 allows 420 yards per game. Give me the over, what did I say, 264 and a half, Brian. You like a lot of points, too. Yeah, look, I love your bet. That seems low. I mean, and, and, but I will say I'm chickening out here because I'm, I'm going over 60 and a half. I keep going back and forth in, in terms of who's going to win this game. But both teams, to me, both of them scare me. But the one thing we know for sure is U, USC's defense has been atrocious, really mm-hmm. bad, right? And I haven't liked what I've necessarily seen from Notre Dame, but I do think Nor- Notre Dame at home is going to get their offense right. I think Caleb Williams, though, he's st- they're still going to put up points on Notre Dame regardless. This game last year had 65 points. I think it's the same type of game this year. Love your bet apartment over. I love the over 60 and a half. All right, Bri, before you go, this is what everyone's been waiting for from you. Game three, WNBA finals, Liberty, Aces, who takes it? Oh, Liberty better win at home. I mean, they've get, been getting beat up, getting mm. beat up. I can't believe how uh, the guards for the Aces have just been beating up the guards for, for the Liberty. They've been the more physical team. I would think there'd be some urgency here down down <laughs> to nothing. They have to win this game. I'd say they, they'll, they'll win a close game three. And right now it's not looking like, I'm going to say close game three and then lose uh, in game four. When, when Bryce says Liberty better win, that means he's got a lot of scroll on them. Yeah. yeah. All right, Bryce. Good luck. Good luck. We don't want to get that card repossessed again. All right. Thanks, brother, Bry. You can catch Brian against the odds on Ringer Podcast Network Wednesday and Thursdays and on X at the brother Bry. Thanks, 88. We're fresh out of games, but still a lot more show coming up. We've got NFL front office insider and former GM Mike Tannenbaum. We're going to get to the bottom of how to fix the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think there's an actual way to do it. That's next on Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. All right, welcome back to Cousin Sal's Winning Weekend. You know, while the rest of us were busy bombarding our buddies with fantasy football trade offers and scouring the waiver wire for second-rate running backs, my next guest was doing it for a living. He's a former NFL executive, Jets general manager, and current ESPN NFL front office insider, Mike Tannenbaum. Thanks for being here, pal. Great to be with you. How's everything, Sal? It's good. You know, while I have it in my head now, I just gave you that intro. Did you, as a GM receive much like we do in fantasy football all the time insulting like three for one trades was there a notorious gm who would lowball everyone one where you wouldn't even pick up the phone yeah and uh the answer was no and it was said in a lot of different ways artfully gracefully angrily so absolutely <laughs> and so uh, you, you could now's the time you could you could say his name his or her name whatever it is it was gmx <laughs> We'll just go GMX. Oh, he's the worst. Let's look at that run with uh, DeBrickishaw, Mangold, and Darrell Rivas. Out of those three, which one did you feel like, oh, my God, did we get a steal here? Or what What the hell was the rest of the league thinking passing on these guys? Here's a unbelievable record that will never be broken in North American sports. DeBrickishaw Ferguson missed one snap. It was the left tackle of the Hail Mary. Never missed a game. Never missed a practice. It was never listed on an injury report. Never wow. even had a bag of ice in his career. Wow. He was, was he allergic to ice or he's just that dedicated a player? <laughs> and then, you know, with Darrell, I would say we got really lucky because it was like the old big East and Darrell was a late declaring junior. And that year 
there were really no good receivers in the Big East. So there was just not like a lot of film on Durrell. Like, look, we traded up for him. We liked him a lot. There was two other corners, Leon Hall and Aaron Ross in the first round. But look, if we thought he was going to be that good, we would have traded up even further. We had a good process, and I think that led to a good result. That's a great run. That's 06, 07 right there. Those uh, three picks. Uh, kudos to you. Now, uh, the guy who's making all these GMs look foolish is Brock Purdy. Obviously, Mr. Irrelevant. Most teams passed on him six, maybe seven times and then fell into the 49ers lap. When does he get the extension and what kind of money are we talking about? What would you offer him as a GM? Yeah, great question. So just again, under the rules. So he's in year two. So mm-hmm. after his third year, he'll be extension eligible. So he has to play this year and one more. And look, you know, that this is where the fun begins. Like, if he continues the way he is, he's $55 million or more. Now, if I'm John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan, what I'm saying is, like, we got to win right now because he's going to go from 900000 to $55 million. So yeah. Christian McCaffrey, the Iutes of the world, they do such a great job. So we got a $55 million built-in cushion right now. Let's go for it because the reality, yeah. at the end of the day, Sal, in two years, a whole bunch of 49ers are going to have to graduate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a race against the clock at this point for the 49ers. Uh, I want to talk about Raiders, Patriots, another, I, I don't know <laughs> if Belichick's even circling games on his schedule anymore because it's so bleak, but I had it. You have to think he had this one in his thoughts uh, preseason going against Jimmy G's going against Josh McDaniels. What do you think he does? Does he stick around to break Shula's record? If I gave you even odds, which way are you going? He needs 17. Yeah, I would say he's staying. And here's why. Like, I, I've had the great fortune of working for Coach twice. And first of all, here's what he's saying. It's, you know, Wednesday. Fellas, what's happened in the past, we can't do anything about it. But we are not going to lose to the Raiders by beating ourselves. And Mac Jones, that starts with you. You've thrown two pick sixes the last two weeks. That's not going to happen. So number one is, if we lose this game, they're going to have to beat us. Number two, we're going to get the ball. Now, I think Tyquan Thornton can actually meaningfully help. I think Pop Douglas can. And to me, if I'm them, I got to figure out, I got to get two or three explosives. If they do those things, they will be very competitive. Yeah, I think they still will be favored in a few games. People want to put them in the bottom, the bottom dwellers like Carolina and Chicago. I don't think they'll get there. But still, 17 wins over... I don't know. How many years is that going to take uh, this page if he sticks with the Patriots? He's 71 years old, right? Yeah, three, like two four. three years. But like two I work with him. No one's going to be harder on Bill Belichick than Bill Belichick. I promise you that. He's the most competitive guy. He's the most focused guy you could ever meet. Like I don't think Bob Kraft walks on him, and I think he'll have a chance to fix it. I love the grudges. You know, we talked about Belichick and McDaniels and, you know, potentially Jimmy G. Now, uh, last week, your old team, the Jets, rallied behind offensive coordinator Nate Hackett. Behind the scenes, how much do you think the players and coaching staff wanted to stick it to Sean Payton for his comments in the offseason? I think a lot. I think he violated a code. You know, we've all been on both ends of these conversations and opportunities. And rule number one is, you're appreciative for the opportunity. You're moving forward. And whatever happened in the past, good, bad, or indifferent, it's ancient history. So that was number two. Like, Nathaniel Hackett, look, I'm not saying he's a great coach. He has flaws like everybody else, but he's a likable guy. And there's no doubt, like, they went into that game, wanted to, like, shove it up Sean's, you know what. So to me, um, look, I think Denver's defense, and I'm a huge fan, Joseph fan, it's going to get better, but right now it's 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 really hard to believe how bad they are on defense. We saw Dak three interceptions last week. The offense couldn't win the game. The defense couldn't win it either. I I don't know. I don't know what we put this on McCarthy or Dak or the talent or just like 49ers are in a different tier. But if you're the GM, which of course you can't be because it's the owner who's the GM, but where do you start with getting the Cowboys to the upper echelon? They're clearly second or third tier, tier in the NFC. Yeah, that's easy for me. I'm giving up a first, a third, and something else if I need to. And I'm not getting off the phone with the Broncos until I get Patrick Sertan. Hard stop. I'm doing that. Like, I am saying to them, like, Sean, we're making this trade. You just tell me what the bill is. I'm paying for it. Now, hopefully, it's a little less than what Jalen Ramsey went from Jacksonville to the Rams. But the way, you know, one of the main reasons I admire Dan Quinn is, like, Dan Quinn is a thought leader. And when he got let go in Atlanta, not a lot of people realize this, Sal, but he moved to Hawaii 
And he said, you know what? Like, I'm not cover three. I'm not going to do what we just did with Pete in Seattle anymore. And he's really reinvigorated himself, his career in that Dallas defense. They play more man-to-man. I think Deron Bland's really good. Jordan Lewis, hopefully he's okay. He He's an underrated nickel. And look, Stephon Gilmore's best days are behind, but he's okay. If you go get Sertan to really replace Diggs, like now you have what you need on the back end, and they'll be fine up front. But, but Sal, like if we were running the Cowboys or any team for that matter, one of the things you do is you sit there and say, okay, it's whatever, October 10th, 11th. How are we going to improve? Where's the improvement from within going to come? And if I'm Dallas, it's Brandon Cooks because mm. he's a guy that has real juice that could still run by people. So, you know, now look, we could talk about, is it Jake Ferguson? Like, where's it going to come from replacing Dalton Schultz? But Cooks is a guy that can make plays. Uh, Deuce Fawn's another guy that really can make people miss. So I think the answer's on campus. It isn't been apparent yet, but – I, this is a team that still has a lot of really good players. I, I'm yeah. a believer in Dallas, and I think they're going to be there at the end. And I know if we have recency bias, they look awful, but hang in there. There he is, ESPN front office insider Mike Tannenbaum. Always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. We'll be right back to wrap up Cousin Sal's winning weekend. Don't go anywhere. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Now until May 12th, get up to 30% off personalized jewelry, style, decor, and so many other items mom will love. And if you want her to know you put a ton of thought into her present, use Gift Mode. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can easily find well-crafted, original, and affordable pieces from small shops. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about mom, and Gift Mode instantly gives you curated ideas based on hundreds of personas. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. All right, we're all out of time. I knew that would happen eventually. Hey, I want to thank Brother Bry. I want to thank Mike Tannenbaum. Don't forget, this Sunday, it's me, John Jastrzemski, Raheem Palmer and Joe House on Ringer Wise Guys. It's the greatest pregame show in all the land. Not just me saying it, everybody. Right here on FanDuel TV. Until then, I'm Sal, here to remind you, you may feel like underdogs, but please remember, you're all my favorites. Happy handicapping. Happy handicapping.